0: Hi everyone, and welcome to episode one hundred and thirty-seven of the Psychology World podcast. Me, Con Whiteley, and today's episode is on what is a psychopath and a sociopath, Almost something to like um that effect. I've not quite like made up my mind about the title yet, but this is an absolute brilliant episode. I loved it because, of course, psychopaths and sociopaths are really a common well, no, they're not. I mean, like they're really common in like TV, movies, and even in our lectures because because they're so. I wouldn't quite say strange, but because they really capture the imagination, they're really popular. Some, it's always really good to actually see, like, what they actually are, but most importantly, what are they? Because of tons of people don't actually know, and I'm, like, no exception. I wasn't quite sure about the differences, but thankfully, after today's brilliant podcast episode, I finally am, so you're going to love this. And it's Saturday, the 12th of March, 2022, as I record this. Moving on to psychology news section, we've been from the British Psychological Society Research Digest. And the first one, well, quite happened to tie in with today's episode. So here it is. Here are the personality traits shared by famous psychopaths. Um, what is it, psychopathy? For a concept that gets endless attention, there's surprisingly little agreement. Various models have been put forward over the years, Robert Hare's psychopathy checklist for that has been particularly influential, but it too has been questioned, with debate centering on the nature of the fundamental traits that uh, together can now uh, make someone a psychopath. In a bit of a clarity, Christina Sencro at Longwood University and Thomas A. Wigger at the University of Kentucky decided to look for shared traits in the six people, real and fictional, who have been identified as psychopaths. Six <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry everyone, I was just a bit surprised that it's that few, but I guess because psychopathy is quite rare, it's a bit difficult to find out like, participants. They present their work in a new paper in Personality Disorders, Theory, Research and Treatment. Their listing includes a few names that might become as a surprise, but this turns out to be an advantage. The pair feel that it drew them closer to understanding which are right, which are the core traits of a psychopathy, and which are veterans. Now, I won't really go on to lie, too much about the article well because of course like that's the main focus of today's episode episode that, but this is really important to actually look at because this research methodology is actually quite interesting and because they also look at fictional people which I particularly don't understand because of course fiction is fiction yeah but I know well when I'm writing my own like um slightly like mentally disturbed or well yeah, to be honest, Dylans are te- are like uh, to be honest, yeah, you really cannot be that politically correct about my um MacDillans. Oh wow, well, but this is really interesting because I just like clicked on to this. But the interesting um fictional people, whether they actually clicked on, are James Bond and Sherlock Holmes because open okay, because like this is like what it says that because uh, they've that James Bond is a, is a psychopath. And even Sherlock Holmes is actually fearless and ruthless. So some people would think that um, he could be like psychopathic. Which is actually quite interesting though. But all in all, the entire point of this research article is actually to highlight the importance of actually doing like research. And, and actually getting a proper definition because that's the uh, problem. But because there are so many models uh, where that includes so many different traits. It's actually hard to pinpoint what is what is psychopathy exactly. So what, the next one is, having a sense of meaning is less important for your happiness if you're rich. Okay. <laughs> Searching for meaning is something many of us experience through our lives. Finding something to strive for that gives shape, direction, and purpose to things that we choose to do. For some, this meaning is religious, some political, some interpersonal, and having a sense of meaning cannot bring us happiness, or, if we lack meaning, unhappiness. A new study to be published in Emotion, Looks at the relationship between meaning and happiness in the context of financial resources. Rena Capello from the University of Toronto and, uh, and colleagues finds that meaning is a far weaker predictor of happiness for richer people than poorer people, suggesting economic resources uh, can impact how we experience meaning. And I guess that this actually makes sense because of course if you have lots of money, then the problem is is that you cannot afford to do anything or have anything. And like, because of that, the meaningful stuff uh, and the things that you would get like, pleasure from are actually harder to find. Uh, find that right? because they're not as a special web right? because you can simply just do it. Something interesting. And the last one is magical thinking and insurance. Taking out cover makes us believe that misfortune is less likely to occur. We're all prone to a bit of magical thinking now and then. Perhaps that you would try not to step on a crack in, in case it brings bad luck, or avoid uh, talking about a good situation in case you've jinked it. (laughs) Yeah, I think I've been guilty of that like a few times. (laughs) Even though in reality, there's no way your actions could have any effect on the world. When it comes to decisions about finances and to risks, though, you're probably claiming to be a much more rational thinker. However, a new study in personality and social psychology bulletin, and I'm pretty sure that that's where the BPS gets most of its um, news, uh, yeah, like, uh, news like news headlines first, even though I can't blame them, finds that we're even susceptible to magical thinking when taking out insurance. The team finds that insurance against the loss or damage of value to um, a possession has a, what they call a talisman effect, making us feel that misfortune is actually less likely to occur in the first place. Well, we've all learned uh, learned like of a brand new effect today, so that's actually quite interesting. Because I know from some of my own personal conversations that the problem with insurance is you don't want to take in assurance out because of course, like, well, I forget any examples off the top of my head, but uh, you don't take in assurance out for stuff that uh, you would know, like, won't uh, get damaged. That obviously you hope it doesn't get damaged, but the talisman effect, definitely interesting, never heard of it before. So, I hope you've enjoyed the psychology news section, so now let's move on to the personal update. So we're moving on to the personal update. So I actually will try and uh, keep this a personal update, but like um, rather short because my laptop's been playing up all day. Yeah, for example, it took a whole hour to actually like turn on <laughs> Yes, I'm like not sure like if it's dying or, and like if it is, I would rather like get the psychology news section and the psychology content part of like today's episode done. So I will actually try it and keep this like rather short. So the only interesting thing that I'll be, like about like to, about this week. Is that yesterday? I went, yeah, but I like drove her down to university. Yes, yeah, so that was like um, quite fun <laughs> for a like back to my um, university day uh, as a part of uh, my placement. Just so the like, university staff I could like get to know us uh, and like how our placements were going. And uh, yeah, that and like stuff like statistics for your freshers and like all of that. And in case there were any like lecturers or like um, other like teaching professionals here. Please do not do yeah like just like do not give your students like an hour long like video at just something that um is a like in person event. Please don't do that. It gets really dull really quick. So the reason why I actually want to talk about this is like simply because if you're thinking about doing a like psychology placement, please know that the university does like support you that and they have actually quite a lot of like really good um social Opportunities throughout the year, just you can actually like you, I can actually get to talk with our placement students. You, I like, get to talk about like your research projects that you're like other coursework, and that, and the you, I can actually con a pair of placements, which I actually found very, very validating <laughs> because I also found like some other people who were doing like research placements, and their experience was like the same as me. And uh, to be honest, some of the people who had so-called proper placements, as in know, like, in hospitals. They, I don't know, if, I don't know if to, I don't know if to be honest, but they basically had a lot more problems. <laughs> yeah, so that I'm really like. And as always, thank you for all of your comments, including like one from this week from Alexandria Coco on Twitter, which she said. I personally think psychologists are underrated and we need more of them. I teach in an adult education school in Italy and we would benefit so much from having one in our staff and in our schools in general. And I cannot agree more like Alexandria. well, Because now that we're like, this is even going to become even more important because we've had the pandemic. We've also got the concerning stuff in like, you know, the news and on the news, I was actually watching a like, Ukrainian developmental psychologist. Well, who was actually like um, helping to like, transport these like, refugees and uh, these children who were uh, mental health problems actually all over the place and actually very very bad. And that one example alone shows uh, why psychologists are so important, especially in uh, schools and anything else to do well to do with with children okay no because especially after the uh, pandemic alone their mental health is suffering and uh, we really need to try and like help them like and as always i always uh, love to hear your thoughts and feelings on today's episode so you can always email me conwayley you can always leave a comment in the show notes at conwileynet forward slash podcast and you can always tweet me on twitter at sci-fi i always love to hear from all of you because it really helps make the podcast feel well more like a conversation and today's episode has been sponsored by personality psychology and individual differences and even though where this like a podcast episode it does actually uh, touch on like, other areas of our, of our psychology like um forensic psychology cognitive psychology and like social psychology <laughs> yeah but it really does cover like so much personality psychology is the uh, core basis here though, because of psychopathy and soci and i don't know if like sociopathies a like a term that we're but both of these additions are actually a personality trait. So, personality psychology and individual differences is really engaging, really great, really great book that goes into much like great depth about personality psychology. Because not only does it tell you about what personality psychology actually is, and also how we measure like personality, it also echoes onto the biological cognitive basis, basis for personality. And it actually explains how our brain can actually form our personality. Before it goes on to the more applied topics, for example, like political psychology and also like religion, like psychology. So I really do like recommend this like great book though, because it will really help you understand what personality actually is. So I cannot recommend it enough. And that is a uh, Personality, Psychology and Individual Differences available from all major ebook retailers. And you can order the payback and the hardback version from Amazon, your local books or local library if you request it. So let's move on to the content part of today's episode. So we're moving on to the content part of today's episode so we're going to be talking about what's the difference between a psychopath and a sociopath and this is just such a brilliant episode. Lots of psychologists, law enforcement professionals and lay people use the term psychopath and sociopath interchangeably We have no idea what the differences are. So the entire point of like today's episode is actually to discover not only what what are the similarities but also the differences. What are psychopaths and sociopaths? So before we go in uh, to depth about the differences, I, I want to mention the similarities before, since there are clear reasons why people mix them up and use them interchangeably. For example, both types of people, according to the DSM-5, which is the Diagnostic Statistical <laughs> Manual version 5, I'm actually quite impressed that i like, remember that, <laughs> are categorised as antisocial personality disorders. These are types of personality disorders share so a lot of common behavioural traits, hence the confusion and the key traits that psychopaths and sociopaths have in include a failure to feel guilt or remorse, a disregard for the rights of others, a disregard for social norms and laws, a tendency to display violence or aggressive behaviour. However, there are a lot of differences between these two types of personality disorders and that's the real focus of today's episode. What are sociopaths? So sociopaths tend to be nervous and easily irritated. They are volatile and prone to emotional outbursts. This includes fits of rage which is what people normally think about. However, the first major difference between psychopaths and sociopaths is sociopaths are a lot less likely to become educated. And they tend to live on the fringes of society, as well as many um, sociopaths are unable to hold down jobs or stay in one place for a very long time. It is often difficult, but not technically impossible, for sociopaths to form attachments. And that's something that I was actually quite interested in, but I thought sociopaths couldn't hold um, attachments whatsoever. Whereas psychopaths are pretty much the opposite on most of these points, but we'll look at them in a moment. Interestingly, there are Many are sociopaths that are able to form attachments to certain groups or people, despite sociopaths having no regard for society and its many rules in general. Therefore, these attachments will be very few to the, to the sociopath and limited in a scope. As a result, they tend to struggle with relationships. On the other hand, other people's sociopaths generally appear to be erratic or disturbed people. And then if we dip into like forensic psychology a bit more, with any crime they commit committed in, uh, in including murder, sociopaths tend to be spontaneous or haphazard rather than planned. And personally, and right, and of course, I am talking as a non-sociopath expert yeah, because, of course, like this is the first major episode that I've like done on them. I think that this makes them even more scary. I, since if I knew a sociopath might, uh, right, might uh, a concert or would be, I uh, like, just to uh, be talking to them normally, then uh, they would be erratic and, and be outraged by something for no reason. That, that, like, to be honest, in my mind, I cannot uh, skip over the uh, spontaneous murder part. Can uh, you? Finally, because sociopaths are more erratic and arguably more expressive in their abnormal behaviour, it is easier for professionals and lay people to spot them than psychopaths, leading us on to arguably the darker and scarier of the two. They definitely are. What are psychopaths? Psychopaths are very different to sociopaths, because psychopaths cannot form any emotional attachment, as well as that they tend to be aggressive and predatory in nature, and they view others as objects for their amusement. And I'm sorry, but that is just terrifying. Simply because that has to be one of the most chilling sentences I've ever said or written on the podcast. Anyway, to make this all even worse, just because they lack empathy doesn't mean they cannot function in the real world. In, right, in fact, they have often very disarming or even charming personalities, making it easy or easier for them to manipulate others and gain their trust. Also, psychopaths learn to mimic emotions and despite them being unable to feel in the slightest, they still appear to be normal with two unsuspecting people, leading them to be able to hold their good jobs and become very well educated. To only add to this rather alarming, a type of a personality is that some psychopaths are so good in their manipulations and mimicry, they are able to have families and other long-term relationships, so without those people ever suspecting they were psychotic. And the reason why I keep like laughing and like smiling is because if you think about this in like the real world, then this, well, then this does actually sound quite scary. You like, can actually here uh, think about the very dark applications of this. This uh, So personally, I think that this is what is fascinating, scary and intimidating about psychopaths uh, is their ability to appear normal. Due to unlike psych- sociopaths, you uh, cannot tell uh, just by looking at them. So uh, you can just be talking to a so-called normal person and they uh, could easily uh, be trying uh, to manipulate you without you even realising it. And as I've mentioned on like, previous podcast episodes, including the one just after Christmas, I really hope that I never get to meet one. Psychopaths and Forensic Psychology, and as you all know, I never can visit like Forensic Psychology when I have the chance therefore in terms of psychopaths and uh, criminal psychology they are carefully planning every detail of the crime in advance and they very often have a contingency plans in a place as well as they seem unflappable in a crisis now if that was the only major difference between normal people and psychopaths then i would not have a problem with them whatsoever because i do like organized people but the other things are just too concerning in an addition Psychopathic criminals are calm, cool, and meticulous. As well as from a law enforcement perspective, the cold-blooded nature of psychopaths makes them very effective criminals. As a result, they are a lot harder to identify compared to sociopaths. And just to make things worse, it can be hard to know when a psychopath or predator has targeted you. However, to start wrapping up for this episode, it should be noted that thankfully, psychopaths are rare arm rather than sociopaths and psychopaths are still what considered the most dangerous uh, antisocial personality disorder as well as it is hardly surprising that nearly 50% of serial killers are psychopaths con-occlusion con-occlusion so well, this really has been a, v- a very wide-ranging podcast episode touching on uh, topics from personality to social right to a personality psychology to forensic psychology and more but I really hope that you've enjoyed it. Psychopathy is definitely a sort of a fun topic to explore because it is scary and something that I hope we never have to experience. I'll definitely be exploring it in our future podcast episodes. So I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode and that you got something out of it. If you know someone who would enjoy today's episode then please share it. I'm really grateful when you wonderful people help spread the word about the podcast and definitely please check out personality psychology and and individual differences available in all of the um usual places well that book really does help you to take your uh, understanding of like personality psychology a lot deeper so that's available in all of the usual places so have a great day everyone and i'll see you next time Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to see the show notes, then please go to ConnorWhiteley.net. And if you want a free eight book psychology box set, then please go to conorwhitely.net. Have a great day and I'll see you next time.